fans. They're made to cool, not blow the fuck up. I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Welcome to Basketballers. Welcome back, MFers. Actually, I don't know why I'm censoring myself. Welcome back, <laughs> Biatches. I don't know why I'm censoring myself. Welcome back, Brother Truckers. No, I'm just messing with you. Uh, good to be back. We've been off for a little bit, but uh, we wanted to let the playoffs play out a little bit. See what's hey. going on. See how things are kind of winding up here because a lot of the series are really close. There's only one series out of the eight that has already wrapped up. So um, we're going to... Dive into playoffs, dive into a bunch of different things today. But first, we gotta well, talk about. Well, Paul wanted to talk about something before we talk about fans. Yeah, well, so Matt is a fan of a franchise known as the Minnesota Timberwolves, who exists, just not ever in the playoffs. But yeah. it's actually been a pretty good postseason for the Minnesota Timberwolves because two of their people in the organization that they do not like anymore, Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau. Former people. Former yeah. people. Have both had very underwhelming postseasons. Yeah. So, so Jimmy baby. Butler is now in the Miami Heat, who got swept, out of four, swept by the Milwaukee Bucks and blown out. Yep. It wasn't even a close sweep. It was. It was like, fuck out of here. Don't even try. Uh huh. So Jimmy Butler, the uh, enemy of Minnesota. Fuck out of here, Jimmy Butler. Yep. And my favorite stat is he won as many playoff games as the Timberwolves, who weren't even in the playoffs. Also, Tom Thibodeau is getting outcoached by literally Nate McMillan right now. But of the Atlanta Hawks, and the Hawks are up 3 1. We'll get into that in a little bit. But still, as a Timberwolves fan, it's you're probably pretty it's happy. It's gratifying. Yeah. Because you want to like, hear a really, a really like, sad yes. stat for Jimmy Butler? Did you know Bryn Forbes outscored him in the playoffs? That's awesome. Yikes. I mean, Bryn Forbes also wasn't being guarded by Giannis. No, but still. But still. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Butler was full of quotes. And. I do like me some Jimmy Buckets. Yeah. You know, but he was, it was all bravado, like, oh, you get me to the playoffs, and I'll carry – because he did last year. I mean, he he talked the talk, and he walked the walk last year. And then uh, – So, we'll, we'll get into that more when we break down the playoffs. Because we'll, yep, we'll but break it's, it down, but yeah. It's yeah, still yeah. – you know, and – Feeling like, good. Yeah. Kinda Feels feel, real good. Kind of feeling good. You're like, oh, no, we lost Thibs. Oh, no. Jimmy Butler. Well, and again, I mean, not to, <laughs> not to bore people with the half-hour-long story like I did before, but – the Tibbs and Butler divorce were were messy. It was it was bad. It was it messy, was, and you're now you're now off kind of watching your exes, and you're just kind of chilling, having a beer, watching them make some mistakes, and you're like, yeah, I'm yeah, good with that. I'm fine. It's all right. I'm living life. So we want to start off the main <laughs> part of the show with talking about fans of the NBA. So I want to give a big caveat to start. Look on our show, we talk a lot of shit. We say, fuck you to this player, fuck you to that player, da 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 It's all in good fun. Right. There right. are probably a couple of players in the NBA who I legitimately think are assholes. However, at the same time, in life, we meet assholes every day. We have to deal with assholes, work with assholes, go to school, church, your rotary club, fucking anything with assholes. <laughs> you have relatives that are assholes. I'm not pointing anybody out, by the way. No. But. Nope. It's just, we live we live in a world of assholes. Everyone okay. does. But here's the deal. If I saw Dwight Howard on the street, 
and he paid me any mind, I would just be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Da, 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 da. I think Dwight Howard's a fucking weirdo, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't make him less of a person that you should just respect people in general. And at the end of the day, NBA players are incredible. Like we've said before, the, the air quotes, worst NBA player is better than anybody you will ever know, unless they were an NBA player, to play yeah. basketball. <laughs> Period. Absolutely. Period. Even- even the players in the NBA that you think don't look very athletic. Like we've said, Brian Scalabrini, who was, they're, they're a, who was a, the way, white mamba. So way more athletic right. than you will ever know. All right. Brian Scalabrini, I think we, Paul talked about this before, Was he was a <clears throat> 14th, 15th man on the bench. Yep. Um, white dude, ginger. And <laughs> these dudes in a gym were like, oh, we could take you. And this was like him being retired for like seven or eight years. And he just roasts the shit out of them. Fucking it wasn't even them. close. And no. he wasn't even trying. So no. you, you, you have to respect NBA players for their skill. And again, like there are some players who I, I disagree with how they approach things. Like James Harden traditionally, you know, has approached things not great. But he's an incredible player. So good. And still, regardless of how they approach things, there's still people, right? There's, there's still, there's a line that's crossed when you purposely belittle another person. And as much as you as a fan or we as fans feel invested in franchises and believe me we do let me be very clear on something we should feel invested not entitled there is a difference yes that's a very important distinction you are invested in the players you're sad when players are traded you're pissed off when players play shitty you're happy when coaches coach well and pissed off when they don't but you never make it fucking personal look if an NBA player, like, murders somebody or does some egregious crazy shit, well, yeah, you can obviously hold a grudge against somebody. If somebody shoots two for 14 in a game on, on a, for a team that you root for, don't vilify him. Also, or, or if there's another player who beats the shit out of your team, yeah. don't get mad at him. You, you, you can talk shit, but don't make it violent. Don't, don't um, make it personal. Make it too personal and uh, personal at all. And... and be, be better than shitty, basically. So the reason, through that whole little um, PSA, there has been. So there have been we're, a- get, we're getting people back into arenas finally at full capacity since yep. COVID. And there have been way too many. And frankly, one is too many. But there have pe- been way are, too many instances of fan. They've been building fan, up to this for a year. So way too many instances of, of bad fan behavior. Yeah. Um. We're looking at the playoff brackets, so let's just go down the line. So we'll start in Utah. Oh, U- Utah's is... Utah-Memphis. So John Morant's dad was in the stands at Utah. Yep. And there was a guy... I don't remember exactly what went down, but basically this guy was just saying a bunch of racist epithets, really, epithets at really racist. John Morant's like, dad. Like, he was... The, these were not things that he just kind of came up with on the spot. They were inbred into his core beliefs racist like slavery racist like bad yeah so that was really really bad and look for a city like salt lake city already that does not have a good look does not have a not a good thing and their fans traditionally too do not have a great rep in and by all accounts there were some good fans who who heard this you know reported it to the security security threw the offenders out i think they i think the good fans ended up buying John Morant's dad like beers after the game type of thing which which is great to hear it's it's a great gesture you still you never want but you can't have that 
No. You can't have it. No. Um, the Clippers in Dallas, I don't think anything has happened there. Denver and Portland, I don't think anything has happened there. Nope. Phoenix and L.A., nothing has happened. Okay, Philadelphia and Washington. Yeah. Um, two things have happened. So the first thing that happened was – actually, let's start with the second thing that happened, which was last night. A fan in Washington ran out onto the court. We have no idea why. It didn't seem like they were trying to attack anyone. It didn't. At the same time, you can't do that. You just can't Especially do that. Especially in the heightened climate we're in right now with all what's oh. going on. You just um, – yeah, even if it's just a prank, you know, like like streaking on a college campus right. type of thing. You still just – you can't run onto the court on a live basketball game. Nope. And so that was one thing that happened. Security tackled the shit out of him. There's a great video online. It's awesome. Tackled the shit out of him. Um, the other thing that happened – But again, this this is just all common sense. Sure. This, is, this isn't even crazy like, you know, we're spitting truths and something like that. It was just – Don't be a Don't be a dick. Don't be an ass. Couple games ago in Philly, Russell Westbrook was walking back to the locker room. Yep. Um, and a fan spilled popcorn on him. Per- yeah, purposely dumped popcorn from an purposely upper. Purposely dumped from an popcorn. upper railing, just dumped it on him. Um. Fucked up, and we'll get to. I'm gonna bring up something in the past here in a little bit because there's some. There's some precedent for this, historical precedent as well, which is fun to talk about, but we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. New York and Atlanta. In New York, a New York fan spit. And we're in the era of fucking COVID. I know it's close it's, to being over, but that's fucking yeah, disgusting. Are, arenas are still packed. Fucking still. disgusting. Don't spit. Anyway, it's that's never, childish. It's never okay. Someone spit on Trey Young. And luckily, who's, who's the starting point guard for the Atlanta Hawks? Luckily, it seems like it landed on a... Part of his ears, something like that. It wasn't like but his it's face, disgusting. But. It's pathetic. It is embarrassing. That Vile. person should be embarrassed. Yeah. Now, look, most of these cases, I believe everybody's been banned. Um, yep, they, lifetime. Yeah. There's there's tons of cameras and things sure. like that. So they'll and there's, I I believe in several of these instances, there's actually they're going through the local jurisdiction. They are. They're they're starting to press charges against them too, which is good. So, yeah. Um, Milwaukee, Miami, nothing happened in that series. Brooklyn and Boston. Brooklyn and Boston. This is kind of the biggest one, maybe, as far as like potential harm to a player. Um, Kyrie Irving was walking into the into the locker room in the first game back at Boston, and a fan threw a water bottle at him. Yeah, and it almost hit him. In a full a full water bottle. A little backstory: there is. There is some bad blood between Kyrie and Boston. He played there. like They traded for him from the Cavs. He played there for a number of years. He verbally committed to them, told them he was going to resign, and then backed out and ended up going to the Brooklyn Nets. So Boston fans have a right to not like him. That said, they don't have a right to assault him by throwing a water bottle at him as he's walking off the court. There's, he also made some comments before the series about how Boston is a racist city, which it does have some crazy yeah. racist history. You, you and fans any, are pissed off. Any player in any sport. It comes up with the Red Sox a few years. Like, Bookie Betts, when he left Boston, he was like, yeah, actually, the fans are pretty racist. Because he played right field. And he was like, yeah, they would just yell racist things at me. Yep. What? It's the same people in Boston going to Red Sox games so and funny. Celtics games? Marcus Smart, who's a player for the Celtics now, kind of echoed that as well. And Danny Ainge, who's the white GM, huh, was like, 
In my 26 years dealing with this organization, I've never had any issues with racism. You don't say, wow. Danny. That's yeah. motherfucking surprising, this you is... white old man. It was such a tone. It would, be, it would be like me in Des Moines, which is very white, talking to a black person that I know, and them being like, yeah, I've had this racist thing said to me at the local grocery store, and me be like, oh, really? I've never encountered that before in my life. Golly gee willikers. Yeah, that's weird. Huh, really? I've never had anything racist said to me. I guess racism doesn't exist. Yeah, it's just that's a thing of the past. Come the Come fuck on. on. And he didn't even need to say anything. Honestly, this feels like a good time to say this, because I traditionally like this guy, but... Fuck you, Danny Ainge. Fuck Danny Ainge. Fuck Danny Ainge. All he does is tease us every offseason about how many great trades he's going to make. Guess what trade I'm going to make? I'm going to trade nobody for nobody. Or I'm going to trade this scrub for that scrub. Or a good player for a couple of scrubs. Yep. Oh, and then I made a big deal and it doesn't work out. Newsflash to Boston fans. Your team is not that good. It's not. You have amazing building blocks. Holy shit. Two of the best young players in the game. 100% respect, respect, respect to Jason Tatum yep. and Jalen Brown. Hopefully Jalen Brown can get healthy. Yep. Um, shout out to him because he has an injury. Love Jalen Brown. Love Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both super good dudes. Jalen Brown especially. Um, he's a, well, he's from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, big activist. Huge in the Black Lives Matter movement last year at the NBA. One of the top, probably top player. Um, Jalen Brown should run for like governor or something when he's done yeah he's got or or maybe he's like the president um of of the players, the players union says, something like yeah, that you, like maybe once chris paul leaves or yeah, something that would actually be perfect be a good stepping yeah, stone absolutely for him. yeah so shout out to jalen brown but fuck danny ainge because you know and he should and he deserves to get fired brad stevens doesn't really deserve like any of the blame the players don't deserve the blame danny ainge has had so many years to create a better team and he hasn't done it they're rolling out some kind of garbage players for these playoffs, and they're keeping it close. Because Jason Tatum is a fucking G. He's he been so good. He's been balling. Jason Tatum is insane. Shout out to Jason Tatum because Shout he is out. one of my favorite young players. I think he's underrated. I think he's been had some shit talk to him. Boston fans apparently don't like him, which is like, fuck off. Boston fans are the worst. Do you know what the Wolves... You know what I would trade for Jason Tatum? A lot. Yeah. No. Boston fans are the worst. Yeah. They're like, so we... We can't say racist things, and our team doesn't win? This is the worst. And they blame the wrong fucking people. Also, fuck the Patriots while we're at it. Hey! You know what? We talked about all the other sports. Fuck the Patriots, all right? Let's just round out the trifecta. That's an easy one. Oh, as yeah. <laughs> and also fuck Tom Brady, but, you know. That was part of it. Well, he's with the Buccaneers now. Well, yeah, but he was. Although, shout out to Bruce Arians, coach of the Buccaneers, <laughs> Bruce Arians is fucking cool and can wear a Kangol hat like nobody else besides <laughs> Sam Jackson. So, anyway... <laughs> The, the moral of the story is this. If you are a fan of a sport, like I said, be invested. I don't even know what the fuck I said earlier. It was really good. but Invested but not entitled. Yeah, be invested. Thank you, Paul. Be invested but not entitled. Okay? Be invested in your team, but don't think that you matter. Because you don't. The players matter. The management matters. The people who actually work for the organization. Even the people who work in the arenas. Be respectful. Don't treat the people who give you beer in the arenas like shit. Don't people don't treat the people who bring you cotton candy and popcorn and hot dogs like shit. Yeah. Be fucking respectful. The just, ticket takers, the security, just fucking if you're going to an arena to watch a basketball game, you're privileged. NBA games are amazing. Paul can tell you. 
We have been to many NBA games. They're the fucking best. They're so much fun. Yeah. The organization does such a great job. Every organization with production, they put on a great show. They always put on good halftime shows. They have, like, the mascots are always fun. The in-game announcers are really good. It's always a good time. It's professional. It's well done. Just fucking enjoy yourself. Don't be an asshole. If, if you're feeling entitled, go to a park or any gym. See how many free throws you can make in a row. Try to dunk a basketball. Try to do any. Try to dribble it between your legs three times in a row. Now go to an NBA game and, and then watch, go fuck yourself and watch them do that like in their sleep and yeah. warmups without even trying, and then be like, "Oh, these players are actually really good at what they do. They just make it look so easy." And that's the beauty of it. Like I've been playing more pickup hoop lately, and it's been really fun. And when I hit like one out of six shots, I'm like, "Holy shit, this feels great!" And then I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I suck." I'll always suck. And that's okay. I have fun. Right. But I would never, ever think in a million years that I could ever train to be even close to a hundredth as good as any of the players in the NBA. No. If you're, and if you have a favorite team and, you're, and the player is doing poorly, that happens too. If another player is going off against you, admire it. Be like, holy shit, Ja Morant is really fucking good. He's really fucking fun to watch. Don't be like, wow, he's really good, so I'm going to say racist shit to his dad. You're just, you're an ignorant asshole. There's no room in any walk of life for any of that thinking. Just take yourself to therapy, figure out how to be a better person. Or just fuck off and watch football or baseball if you're racist and not going to change. I would, <laughs> I would still promote I would, therapy. I would, I, would promote, to, I would promote the try, first option, but I would, I would give try, the second option become, if you're not willing to. Trying to become a better member of society, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's it. Fuck the fans, but shout out to the good ones. Absolutely, because for every bad fan, there are a thousand good Thousands ones. Thousands of good ones, yes. absolutely. So it is nice to see fans back in the stands, but this shit needs to get under control. Because I don't want to go too long into this because we need to break down the playoffs. But... There was a really, I th honestly, I've loved this for years and years and years, but there was a really crazy thing that happened back in, I think it was 2006, in Detroit. Yeah. And it's called the Malice at the Palace. So the Palace was where the, the, the Detroit, the Palace at Auburn Hills was the venue the Detroit Pistons used to play in. They play in a different one now, I think. Yep. But, um, you kind of have to move arenas. Sure. Back in the early to mid-2000s, both the Detroit Pistons and Indiana Pacers had some really tough teams. Yeah, kind like, of the bad boys of the NBA. Yeah, they were they were just rough and tumble. So, for those of you that have familiarity with past players, the Pacers, specifically I'll name two players, had Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, Ron Artest, I think he is now again, who is like one of the all-time dirty players in the NBA. He was Ron Artest at the time. Yeah, but one of the all-time dirty players. Yeah. Steven Jackson, one of the all-time dirty players. Yeah. Detroit Pistons had Ben Wallace, one of the all-time tough players who you never, ever, 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 ever want to fuck with ever in a million years. Nope. Rasheed Wallace. Same one thing. Of the other, yeah. yeah. So there were some players. These players had – so basically at the time, and I, I, I was watching – it was interesting. I was watching um, Steven Jackson, actually, and Matt Barnes, former players, have this um, podcast, which is also a show on Showtime called All the Smoke. Yep. And they had run our test on and talked about the malice of the palace. Kind of have to. So Steven Jackson and run our test because they were together on the Pacers. We're talking about how it was early in the season. It was like nine games in run our test actually has this great memory about like we were seven and two. 
It was basically the Pistons and the Pacers had this big rivalry because they both thought they could make the finals that year. Miami ended up winning it. I think it was 2006. I may be wrong on the date. Um, if but, Miami won, then it'd be 2006. Oh, I don't. I don't remember if they said that. I'm just putting sure. it in context. But yeah, I don't remember. The it was around that time. It doesn't really matter. So, but both teams thought they had a good chance to make the finals. So this was like an early season statement game, right? It was like the end of the game. There was like 46 seconds left in the game, and Stephen Jackson was at the free throw line. Something happened, and Ben Wallace like said something. Run our test like misheard him or something and kind of like he like put his hands kind of down and Arnold Test says he was trying to be like hey my bad I didn't mean to do that or Ben Wallace said something to him and he's like my bad but kind of pushed Ben Wallace and then Ben Wallace the video is amazing just takes his arms back and just shoves Ron Artest like 10 feet this huge shove yeah Ben Ben Wallace is a big man. Big dude. Shout out to Ben Wallace, by the way. Hall of Fame 2021 inductee. That's great news. Shout out for that. Yeah. But, um, Toronto Test gets shoved. Whistles blow fucking everywhere. Players erupt onto the court. Yep. So what ends up happening is, and if you ever want to watch a video again, it's Malice at the Palace. There's great video on it. I'm not going to go blow by blow. What happens is players start swinging, beating the shit out of each other, yada, yada, yada. Coaches and staff, personnel are trying to break it up. So then fans start getting involved. Fans run onto the court. Yep. And so then I think it was, well, both Ron Artest and Steven Jackson laid some fucking huge punches on fans. And and they went up into the stands too. Eventually because they ran on the court. Well, then fans start throwing beer bottles full of beer. And shit at the players. It got really violent. So, look, should the players have erupted like they did at the end of the game and and whatever? No. But the only reason that ever went into the stands was because fans brought themselves into it. So, note to fans, I'm telling you what, we are close. We are, f- and it depends on the team and depends on the game. And the teams now aren't necessarily as like hard charges they used to be. But I tell you what, the right situation, that shit's going down again. The right situation, I mean, I'm looking at New York and Atlanta game five. I'm looking at New York and Atlanta in New York. New York's down 3-1. Fans are pissed. The team's got chippy at the end of the last game. Yeah, fucking Julius Randle and Reggie Bullock. Clint Capella was talking shit today, which was good. He he was talking some mad shit. I don't think it's going to be Malice at the Palace or, uh, you know... Something at the garden, but it could be. It might get chippy. I mean, it's going to be chippy. It, it, it the, might. It might game, be rough. The game itself is going to be chippy. It yeah. might be rough. And New York, New York prides themselves on like we're so tough and we do all this, and that's part of where the Knicks players' mentality came from. But hopefully, that mentality of the city and they have to defend themselves doesn't show up because it's a basketball game. At but the other they day, they spit a, on Trey Young though. It's so. a basketball. Game. And those fans got kicked out. They're hopefully there's not more of it. I think I think charges are getting pressed against them. Yeah, I mean by the by the local police. Right. So anyway, hopefully we don't have malice at the palace, duh. And we can just have some good playoff basketball. Fans can just shut the fuck up and watch the game. Enjoy it. And I mean, so like Knicks fans were were chanting, "Trey Young is balding," during the game. That's fine. That's a fair take. His hair's kind of kind of fucked up. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> you can you can chant that, and that that's a perfectly valid chant. Kind of try to get in their head a little bit. That's not 
it's when people are talking about like siblings and parents and stuff that's when stuff gets too personal you want to say someone's hair is falling out yeah whatever you know lebron has sharpie on his head sure you can say that but don't spit on people you know right there seems like a pretty clear line seems pretty easy just <laughs> i'm with you <laughs> so moral of the story our long-winded thing don't be an asshole and after that introduction, let's talk some basketball. Yes, and this is kind of a segue, kind of to end with that and start with this. Here's a good reason to not be an asshole. These playoffs have been so good so far. A lot of good The basketball. NBA right now is entering into, I think, what's going to be like the next great golden era of the NBA. We have so many good young players, which so we'll talk many. about. Uh, teams that are on the rise, teams that are kind of on the decline but it's it's really exciting we are in a really 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 great spot as ba- fucking basketball fans we are so lucky to see the basketball we're seeing right now and it, it's so easy to appreciate too it's so much good basketball where should we start so why don't we hmm who you want to talk about first so we should just we should talk about milwaukee miami first just the, because the it's sweep. over the sweep. So I have to disclaimer because I know he'll be listening. Is I have to shout out my father-in-law because he's a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan and was pissed off that I picked the Heat in seven. <laughs> and I was clear about my pick. You can you can listen to you can listen to the last show. I predicted the Heat in seven, and I will actually stand by my pick, even though they got swept and they got swept bad. They got swept bad. We did not expect. But my logic behind my pick, I think, was strong, and I think is still strong. I mean, it's not still strong now, but it was a good reason to pick the Heat. (laughs) And the reason I picked the Heat was because the Heat have performed better in the playoffs in the past couple of seasons than they have in the regular season. Yeah, Flip-flop that for for Milwaukee. I mean, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They have hardly a different team. They lost a teeny bit of depth, but none that mattered that much. Now, flip Milwaukee. Milwaukee has overperformed in the regular season. And underperformed in the playoffs. Past couple of seasons, like I said, Eric Spolstra, uh, head coach of the Heat, has statistically done a lot better um, adjustments-wise between games in the playoffs than Mike Budenholzer, coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. His big knock was adjustments. His big knocks has always been the playoffs, just in general. And Giannis has disappeared in the playoffs traditionally. So, I want to give credit to somebody who I think is the was the MVP of that series. And that's Drew Holiday. Right, because as you said, Giannis actually wasn't super great on offense. No. He was kind of usual playoff Giannis, which is a problem. That being said, he played great defense. So, I mean, it's kind of entering Ben Simmons on the 76ers territory. But he's a better offensive player than Ben Simmons. Is he? Yeah. I I don't know about that. Giannis has struggled in the playoffs. But... Drew, having Drew Holiday on the team made all the difference in the world. I mean, yeah, MVP, X-Factor, whatever you want to call it. Um, Drew Holiday has been the difference maker, period. Chris yep. Middleton is always fantastic and underrated and Chris, underappreciated. Shout out to Chris yeah. Middleton. Paul? Shout out Chris Middleton. I love me some Chris Middleton. One of Chris your favorite players, yeah. But, but he is definitely a 1B or even a 1C option. And, I mean, he was he was basically the 1B because Giannis was taken out of it. But And here's the deal. Drew Holiday provides so much, right? First of all, he's one of the best defensive guards in the league. He's one of the best two-way players in the yes, league, right? Yes, absolutely. 
So and he's been a shout out to Drew Holiday too. Shout out for a, yeah for a lot of Why reasons. Why don't you go ahead? Drew Drew Holiday is just a real one. Every every team that he's ever played for loves him. No one wants to like give him up. And I mean, like he and his wife, there's a piece in the New York Times. They just have this great relationship. They just respect and support each other, and it's just he's just a great dude. He donates a lot of money to a lot of good causes. He just plays a lot of good basketball too. Everyone loves Drew Holiday. Shout out Drew Holiday. And I'm really glad that this Bucks and Drew Holiday marriage is working because I'm happy. For again, him. like we've talked about, Bucks mortgaged the fuck out of their future. But well, and Drew Holiday had been on some kind of bad team. Exactly, he had been. People were kind of like, okay, Drew Holiday like passes the eye test and looks good, but is he overrated? Is he overpaid? Da 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 da. da. He is completely right. Should, busting down the door on that and saying, nope, I'm here. I'm really good. I'm I'm one of the better yeah, players. Is, in the is he worth what the Bucks traded for him? Yes. Yes. In spades. They they in do spades. not they do not sweep the Miami Heat without Drew Holiday. They just don't. And part they, of, they might not even beat the Miami Heat without Drew Holiday. And I mean part of part of why Giannis has been bad is because the Heat game planned against him. Right, they're taking Giannis away, and that opens things up for Middleton. It opens things up for Drew. And to be fair, else. to be fair to Giannis, they match up. He especially matches up bad against the Heat. They just have a lot of good looks for him defensively. Yeah, but but again, the game plan for him. Sure, I'm just saying, like Brooklyn can try to game plan for him, but they don't have the def- the defense that Miami has. No, and Milwaukee will most likely. In fact, I'm checking the scores to see. But Milwaukee will most likely... Okay, it's about seven seconds left in the game tonight. Brooklyn is going to win against Boston, and they're going to play Milwaukee in the second round. It's so, going to be a hell of a series. Um, Yeah. We can maybe, if we have time at the end of the show, we can preview that series, but I want to talk about the other team. So, anyway, um, yeah, Miami fucking played terrible. Tyler Hero has been awful this year. Paul shared something funny with me earlier. <laughs> yeah, it was a funny tweet from someone that said, because uh, there's another player on the Heat named Tyler Hero. So it said Kendrick Nunn. Well, there's Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn. Sure. And so the tweet just said that the Heat were looking for a hero, but they found none. Right. Because they've both been terrible. Right. So. Ah. Um, <laughs> so, my, yeah, I mean, really, it's, it's not complicated. Milwaukee played better. They played really good defense. Brooke Lopez played really well in the series, too. Like, really well in the series. Brooke Lopez versus the Nets is underrated uh underrated throwback fucking revenge game that's right the revenge series nets legend brooke lopez he was good for the new jersey nets yeah yeah way Um, back in the day i I like brooke lopez brooke lopez is any he's a good two-way player too he plays good defense the revenge series so yeah miami just played like shit milwaukee played really well it's not that complicated jimmy butler disappeared in the playoffs bam was underwhelming everybody was underwhelming for the heat and now the Heat's future is in peril. It is. All right, that's enough. That's enough Heat bucks. Yeah, they got swept. Yeah, that's enough. We're gonna cover Brooklyn, Boston in about two minutes. Here's what happened: Brooklyn had three of the four best players. One, the one good player on Boston, Jason Tatum, got super hot for a game, scored 50 points. They barely won that game. The other four games they lost, he did not score 50 points because that's incredibly tough to do. And Brooklyn just had too many good players, and they won. It's, and Brooklyn's, it's pretty much and Brooklyn's as simple as offense that. is so superpowered and high charged; they're just gonna beat the fuck out of Boston. It's, it's just a, yeah, the talent I'll, gap is too deep. Yep, that's it. Any amount of analytics will just tell you the same thing. Yep, the players were better. There was basically no shot. So why don't we do this? That's it. Um, 
let's cover hmm, I guess we can just finish the east just go through the That's east fine um let's talk Philly Washington just because it's n- it's actually not even close to the most exciting series no it's not and it wasn't supposed to be it's the one eight so it's the one seed versus the eight seed it's actually kind of surprising Washington won a game it's kind of like the Nets in the in Boston because that was the two seven where Westbrook and Beal just got hot for one game and that can happen. That was sort of the danger of the Wizards is that they have two players who can get super hot, get you some triple doubles, get you And they pulled Joel and Embiid points. fairly early, I believe, in the game. Like yep. They didn't play very many minutes. So. Embiid can get hurt sometimes. Yeah, so it's like, rest. Eh, you know, you give one up, you're fine. Yep, they're not – the 76ers are not worried. They go back home next game, and they will – They will probably – They will close it out. Probably win by 20 points. They'll take care of it. Yep. And that's, I mean, Washington just doesn't have enough answers. Again, the, the talent gap is just too big. I mean, Westbrook and Beal are great. And then it's Hachimura and a bunch of others. Whereas, I mean, Embiid is just the best player on the court without a doubt. So anyway, let's talk about the fun one, which isn't really even all that close. But it kind of is. It's it, close in spirit, but it's not close in the stats. Hawks versus Knicks. So the Knicks are the four seed. They had the tiebreaker over Atlanta. Everyone in the media is like, oh, the Knicks are going to win. And we were on here. You can go back and say the Hawks are the better team. And they're up three to one. And they stomped the Knicks last game. So most likely Paul or I will be right because Paul picked the Hawks in five. I picked the Hawks in six. I still feel good about my pick. Julius Randle has sucked this series, and I think he'll have a game in New York. I just feel like it's going to happen. It, it could. But, but I mean, the games haven't even been that close the last two. No. They barely won game two, and that was because, I mean, the Hawks just shot poorly. That's really what it was. The Hawks, like, the Hawks shot really poorly. Uh, their player, like, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Gallo. Gallo. They both shot like shit, and they're both... And they like, bogey has been shooting fifty percent from three since April. Yeah, it was it was just sort of an it's an, an aberration. It was an aberration yeah. where a whole lot of players. So that's I think in five is still reasonable. Oh, if, absolutely. If they continue shooting, then again, it is in New York. The environment's going to be fucking insane. It is going to be. It's going to be tense. The teams are going to be chippy. That's why I think there is a chance New York takes it. But yep. and Atlanta's still a young team. I mean, this is the first playoffs for a lot of their players, and so this is. This is a high-pressure game. It's like you've never had a game to close out a series in a hostile environment. That's still new to a lot of them. But shout-out to Trey Young, though, in this series. He has been balling. Trey Young's been showing up. He used to be the the poster child of good stats, bad team fanboys. Where they're like, is Trey Young even good? His team sucks. Kind of like a Drew Holiday. And... He has been nice this series. Yeah, he's, he's been, really, been nice. really nice. Why don't we save the player talk if we can? Because we didn't really talk about players much from the other teams too much. Wasn't any point for the other one. Well, I, I think we, I think there's some players we can bring up later. We can just kind of go through. We'll go through a. We'll just. That's fine. Of course, That's Paul fine. and I are doing this on the fly. We'll go through. <laughs> we'll just do quick wrap ups for the rest of the series because it won't take that much because they're still all going on, uh, and then we can maybe just go through and spotlight a couple players each team, whatever. Yeah, all right, let's, all right, let's go Utah-Memphis. So Utah's up 3-1. to one. They lost game one because Donovan Mitchell was ruled out very last minute. Very last minute. It was minute. a weird thing. He was, he had been practicing. He was upset. The team was kind of upset about it. It was weird. Memphis went on to win that game, and then they've – they haven't been blown out. They've still been competitive. 
Utah's too good of a defensive and three-pointing shooting But Utah's, team Utah's been in control. Yeah. And also, it's, I mean, it's the Mike Conley revenge series. So, I you didn't want to talk players. But Mike Conley was a player for Memphis for a long time. Yep. He was sort of an icon of Memphis. They loved him. They didn't need him anymore when they drafted John Morant. Uh, Mike Conley sort of became redundant. And they did right by him. I mean, they traded him to a good team. That Utah's could potentially win the championship and it wouldn't be weird or an upset. Statistically, it would make sense. And so, so I mean, they did right by him. And Memphis still loves Mike Conley, but Conley's been torching him. He's like, look, you might have the future in John Morant, but I have the now. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, it's kind of it's kind of nice for everyone, right? Like, Memphis is probably like, ah, fuck the Jazz, but good for Mike Conley. Right. So, that, that's good for them. But Utah's probably going to win the next game and move on. The other three series are all tied 2-2. Two of them play tonight. Denver and Portland is currently playing. I saw it's the half. Denver is up by 3, 65-62. That series, I picked Denver. I don't remember in in what games, but I I underestimated Portland. Um, Portland's been playing nice, man. Nurkic has been playing nice. They blew out Denver. Dame has been playing out of his mind. Yeah. Norman Powell and Norm- CJ McCollum have been showing up. Norman Powell, I've always, I've loved Norman Powell's game though, man. Yeah. He's nice. So I, I do like some Norman Powell. Look, this may be the year where I'm totally wrong, and it, it's kind of like the Bucks, where we're like, well, we don't want to pick the Bucks, but been, we like the Bucks. So we've like, been wrong so far. I don't want to pick Portland <laughs> because I don't trust Portland because they haven't been able to make it to the promised land. But I know. but we love Portland. Prove it. Nothing against Portland. We love no. Portland. We love the players. We love the coach. We love everything. Okay, so. That series is close. Now, here's the deal. The reason it's so close is because Denver is bringing out fucking who they can on their roster. Jamal Murray has been out. Um, so, Michael Porter Jr. has not been... He's not been great in the playoffs. He had and, such a great regular season. And they need him to be really good. So, you know, it, look, Den- honestly, Denver is doing better than they better than expected based on their personnel. And so, in a lot of these close series, home court matters. And, Absolutely. And these are all 2-2. And so, the Clippers, Denver, and Phoenix all have home court. If you're if you're having a game seven, if these are all going to be tied 3-3, you want to have home court advantage. That matters. So, Denver in this series having home court still gives them an edge. Um, the other game that's on tonight is Phoenix and the Lakers later tonight. This has been a really interesting series. Basically, Chris Paul is injured as fuck. He can, like, barely move an arm. Um, which, which always... There's always some players who are just injured every postseason. But he's I, playing through it. Basically, he, like... Yep. I, apparently, his trainers were like, you can't play. And he's like, uh, sorry. But here's the deal. Phoenix, like Utah, Phoenix, statistically, based off of their stats, based off of the team construction, they could be a championship team. They have yeah. they have the makings and pedigree I use as far as like their three point shooting and their defense and their pace of play, their offensive and defensive ratings, yep. their like Chris the, Paul the being advanced stats. Like Chris Paul's I mean, things like assist to turnover ratio and things that like <laughs> but seriously that matters. No, oh it, it absolutely um, does in the playoffs. Free throw shooting, things like that. So Phoenix on paper could go to the finals chris paul is getting older he doesn't want to miss it this is the this is probably the best team he's been on those clippers teams are really good too okay well those they, those clippers teams but had they some didn't aspirations. make it. no that's always been the knock on chris paul so 
but I think he knows that. And I think he's like, God damn it. And especially facing LeBron and the Lakers in the first round, I think he's just like, nope. Yep. We're going to fucking win. Absolutely. Shout out to Chris Paul for pushing through. But um, the Lakers won the – has it been one and one and one and one? Or did did Phoenix win one and Lakers win two? I think that's how it went. Yeah. Yeah. So Phoenix won the first one. Lakers came out – like shit in the first game. Yep. Games two and three, they came out hot. Anthony game, Davis looked like fucking Will Chamberlain. Games two and three, you're like, okay, the Lakers are going to repeat. They're going to win the title again. Game four, not so much. AD got hurt. And Phoenix ratcheted it up. AD is most likely going to be out game five. And that's a huge swing for Phoenix. And that's where Phoenix needs to capitalize. Because that is at home. It's... That's probably a must-win for Phoenix. This is probably the most important game for this franchise since they were last in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah. With because, Steve Nash. Because you're without the other team's second-best player, and the drop-off between two and three is pretty big. And honestly, Caldwell Pope might be their third-best player. And he may not be playing either. And he's out too, I yeah. believe. And so if you're out their second and third-best player, and you're on your home court, and you lose, how do you expect to go back into their home court and win? Possibly with those two players back. And that's also game six where you would lose the series. Yes. So this, yeah, it's, I would agree. it's not a must win technically because they can lose it and still win the series, but it would be morally deflating to lose this game. And if you win this game, the percentage yeah. odds that you win the series are great. Yes. Because either you win this game and Anthony Davis and Caldwell Pope are still out for game six and you're able to go into Laker or uh, Staples Center and win. Or you have got Game 7 at home. And that's, again, home court advantage is a big deal for Game 7s. So that's the Phoenix. Uh, that's one of the most exciting series. I think, like, next to New York and Atlanta, that to me is one of the most, like, tense. I mean, look, it has a lot of implications. Yeah. LeBron loses in the first round. Shit. Right. And I know there's injuries, but history doesn't really care about injuries. So No, it does I mean, every, every team to win a championship needs yes. to get lucky somehow. 100%. A lot of that luck is not being injured. I mean, the Lakers had luck last year in the bubble. Yeah. I mean, a lot a lot of the luck is not being injured and maybe playing opponents who are slightly injured. I mean, you never wish for an opponent. I feel like I have to say this after the whole fan talk. You never wish for an opponent to be injured. You always want your team to be playing the other team and for both teams to be full strength and for your team to beat them because you're the superior team. But that said, sometimes players are injured and that's just lucky. That's just the way it falls and there aren't any asterisks you know when no it's just when it's all said and done there's no asterisks you win yep. right 80 was hurt it's whatever so the last series is clippers versus mavericks this is an interesting one i don't know this, where it's gonna go because dallas started out hot they went up 2-0 clippers looked like absolute dog shit then the clippers came back and won two in a row dallas looked like absolute dog shit so who this, the fuck knows what's gonna happen yeah this is a series when you're like so i've, I've been saying home court matters and no, no home court has won a game in this series yet. The Clippers lost both on their home court. Then the Mavs lost both so, on their home Mavs court. Mavs and seven? Apparently, Mavs <laughs> and seven is the way to bet. Well, so the Clippers were they were down. Oh I mean, God, it was bad. I mean, it was bad. Paul and I were talking like shit. Are they going to have to blow up the franchise? Are they yeah. Gonna, I what? mean, we th- I thought they were going to get sweeped at one point. Swept at one point. <laughs> sweeped. Whip. But no, I mean, they just they didn't look like they could do anything. They were just taking some bad shots and missing. Um, it, it was like, how are they even going to score points? And then on the defensive end, they didn't look good on that end either. It's just like, okay, we're just going to lose this game by just 20 like open points. open layups and shitty. That was bad. Yeah. 
it was just garbage time in like the you know early third fourth quarters but the clippers they kind of found another gear it's kind of like you know a protagonist in a story they they go to the dark place you know their own personal hell and they find themselves type of thing the clippers were in their hell they were down big in the first half um of game three and sort of backs against the wall like you go down 0-3 you're basically done in this league and they were down like 20 points in the first half of game three and that's just sort of now or never you either go down by 30 and you're toast or you start to make a comeback and win that game and keep yourself in it and they did yeah and ever since that point they've been really good yes they have it is just it's like a Jekyll and Hyde situation which Clippers are we going to get are we going to get the Clippers where Kawhi Leonard is amazing Paul George is amazing like Serge Ibaka plays and plays well and like Batum and you know Rondo and all these other auxiliary players help them or are you going to get the ones where it's just Batum dribbling the ball for 15 seconds and putting up some mid-range shot and it's just terrible you know offense and game right we don't know hopefully for the Clippers they they have a good game because you always want players to play well Luca also had been playing really well for the Mavs yes and then he got kind of hurt something happened to him but it sounds like he's doing better already and Kleba's been hurt who's who's been the guy guarding Kawhi Kawhi's been able to get a lot of shots partly because Kleba's been hurt and Kleba's not a great defender he's not but that's part of the problem with Dallas is yeah he's their best option yeah you know it's either him or probably Finney Smith (laughs) or Richardson and those are, they're fine, but they're not like, wow, you're going to totally stop Kawhi Leonard. Cleveland's sort of their best. So. So that's the playoffs as it currently stands. Yeah. A um, lot of good games. Maybe we just roll through some quick highlights of some players that we want to shout out yeah, and, we, and whatever, and then we can wrap things up. I know I've been bad. I've, I've been touching on a few. Kind of hitting our, well, that's okay. We'll just kind of roll back. So, you know what? We're going to go, since we went east to west, we're going to start where we left off. Um, so we'll start with the Clippers in Dallas. So Luca has been amazing this series. Also, Tim Hardaway Jr. Shout out. Yeah. He's Tim, playing for that max baby. He's streaky though. Like he went cold last game. Sure. He went cold, but when he's on, he's on, um, on the Clippers shout out to Kawhi for like starting off like shit. And coming back and yeah. actually really he didn't start like shit. He's been playing well this series. Um, and also I I like Paul George. I also don't like Paul George, but but Paul George he, it's a conundrum. But he has been playing better. He got the nickname Pandemic P last year, he's made fun of a lie, he didn't play well in the bubble. But he's been playing a lot better this playoff, so I'm happy for him on that personal level. Sure. Right? It's sort of the redemption story this year. Um Phoenix and LA. I want to give a huge shout-out to DeAndre Ayton. Ayton's been great. DeAndre Ayton has been great. He's not the best player on the Suns, but like we expect Chris Paul to ball out. We expect Devin Booker to ball out. But DeAndre Ayton has been so fucking solid. He's been, he's been getting a ton of rebounds. I think he went 10 for 11 in game one, something like that, when they blew out the Lakers. 10 for 11 is amazing. I think he's shooting like 70-some percent from the field for the it's series. It's amazing. He's yeah. getting some good rebounds. Aiton's always been good, but it's it's nice to see him put it together in the playoffs. His too. defense has just been so solid, and look, yeah. he's getting good looks from Chris Paul. So like, and sure. and Devin Booker. and Devin Booker, but you have to finish that. I want to give a shout out to D Book. Yeah, 
because it's the playoffs and he's rising to the occasion. He is. He's, he's scoring he's playing he's, great. He's playing his game and they're not able to stop him. It's really as simple as that. Also, Mikhail Bridges has been nice. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Mikhail Bridges. He's been guarding LeBron. He's been making threes. He's like the ideal three and D player for that team. So he's been nice. I mean, I'm just looking down the road, like, you know, let's say the Clippers somehow make it to like the Western Conference Finals, and let's say somehow Phoenix makes it. You're talking about how Dallas has nobody to guard Kawhi. Put Mikael Bridges on Kawhi. Yep. I mean, you're that's that's a nice matchup. Yeah. And then Jay Crowder would probably take Paul George. Yeah. Which Jay Crowder is fine. He's a good defender. He's a, yeah. Indy. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Phoenix. They just they have a man, they just put together a nice squad. Really kind of overnight and kind of like shit, yeah. they're good. Um, Cam Johnson pops in, shoots some threes, and then pops oh, actually, back out. you know what? Speaking of Cam, I want—I almost forgot my shout out. Shout out to Cam Campaign, Cameron Payne. Yeah, shout out to Cam Campaign was Campaign, huh? Campaign, like a campaign, um, almost like champagne, or like an election campaign. I know. Okay. I was expanding on that. That anyway, way to go, Paul. <laughs> um, so Cameron Payne was out of the league last year. He's been in Oklahoma City, Chicago. Honestly, he's been a, he's been a backup guard. He's played like garbage for the most part. He's never been that good. No, he he got some run in those on the other teams yeah, and just really never was any good. Comes to Phoenix this year and in the playoffs is hitting like fucking big time threes, making big plays, hitting big layups. He he has been really nice off the been, bench. He's been a really solid backup with, point guard. And with Chris Paul having an injury issue, he's playing more minutes. He's playing really well. Yeah. I love when guys have opportunities that maybe don't quite work out. Sometimes it's the fit. Sometimes it's the location. Sometimes it's the culture of the team. Yep. And they get another chance, and they take advantage of it. So shout out to Campaign. And shout out to Phoenix, too. Yeah. I mean, they, For giving them a chance. But a lot of times, it can be players like that, which can swing a franchise in the positive. Like, you, you take some gambles. Yes. And a gamble pays off. Yeah. Um, okay, so Denver and Portland. Uh, speaking of Cameron Payne, one I'm going to say in Denver is Austin Rivers. He was out of the league for a couple of months. Um, Surprisingly. He's in the starting lineup tonight, and he's playing well for Denver, and is a difference maker. He had 21 points the other game. Yeah, that's huge. He had a huge. ton of threes in the fourth. Um, he has been a difference maker. And look, the people I'm shouting out for the most part really aren't like the MVPs necessarily. Like some will be. No, because we already touched on but, a lot But of I want to shout out people that don't get enough recognition in general and are making a difference in the playoffs. That's kind of my MO right now. For Portland, shout out to Carmelo. He's really the only starter. Well, he's not a starter. He's he's the main contributor we didn't shout out before. I would also say, like, to emphasize Norman Powell, though. Because a lot of people don't necessarily know about Norman Powell. Played in Toronto. Was traded to the Blazers. That's fine. Yeah, we shouted him out earlier, but we can re-shout him. He's been really nice. I do like me some Norman Powell. But, yeah, Melo has been good. Melo's been solid for Portland this year. Really underrated. Yeah, and he crossed in the threshold for top 10 all time, which we covered in a previous yep. pod. But he's, I mean, he's still cooking in the playoffs. He's part of the reason that it's 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Utah and Memphis. Um, the obvious shout out I do have to give is John Morant because he's been on fucking fire. John Morant and then Donovan Mitchell for Donovan Utah. Donovan Mitchell has been on he, fire. He was out game one. They lose. He's back. They win three games. That's not a coincidence. It's not. And he's been showing like Paul and I have had, you know, the whole Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell back and forth for a long time. But Donovan Mitchell is showing this playoff series why he's considered a great player or yep. being considered a better player and better players time goes on. He knows how to close out games. He and is a late game closeout out. I just want to say, Mike Conley's been really nice, too. Oh, Mike, Mike Conley made some of the clutch threes last I, night. I'm that, not, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying Donovan Mitchell has been that late game, give me the ball, 
Yes. I'm the guy. Mike Conley, look, you leave him open or you whatever, like, he'll hit a fucking three. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And John John Morant is showing that he will become that guy. John Morant or Donovan Mitchell? Well, John, no, I'm saying John John Morant is showing that he will become that. Because he's been really good. Ooh, he's been nice. For a second year player. He's been good. Okay, so that's... Anybody else? Oh, fuck Grayson Allen. Just, you know. Fuck Grayson... I thought we were going to bring him up during the previous portion. Nah, but... (laughs) Okay, so let's go back to the East. Do we want to shout out Dylan Brooks? Uh, Are we we capable of shouting out Dylan Brooks? We're not, so we won't. We're going to shout at Dylan Brooks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, back to the East. So we'll start with New York and Atlanta. I think that's who we ended with. We can start there. So shout out to everyone on the Hawks team. (laughs) So I want to give a shout out to one Knicks player and one Knicks player only. First of all, a non shout out to RJ Barrett and Julius Randle who've been playing like garbage. They have been so disappointing and Julius Randle, especially, but, and the fuck you to, I just blanked on his name. Reggie Reggie Bullock. Bullock. Yeah, Yeah. Fuck you, Reggie Bullock. Okay. So, but I want to give a huge, 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 huge shout out to Derrick Rose. Yep. Derrick Rose he's is been, the only, frankly, he's the only reason they've won one game. And the only reason the games them. have been like kind of close. He's been carrying If them. you replace Derrick Rose with like a replacement player point guard. Garbage. Terrible. They had to insert him into the starting lineup because they were sucking so much. Oh yeah. He's been their sixth man all year basically. I mean, he's played a lot of minutes, but yeah, he's been coming off the bench all year. Alfred Payton, who was starting, I don't think has played in game two, three, or four. He's been, well, he's been just been terrible. Well, yeah, but he was starting for them. No, shout out to Derrick Rose. So Derrick Rose has been, I mean, had 32. Derrick Rose is a real one. Right. I love Derrick Rose. He's a a good guy. To overcome what he has injury-wise in his career and to be able to still be playing at 32, I think we thought he'd be retired at 25. Yeah. Also, also a small shout out, a, a minor shout out to Taj Gibson. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. He's. He doesn't do a lot. Like, he doesn't score a lot of points. He's not grabbing all the rebounds ever, but he does a lot of really small things that helps the team win. It's right. just not on the score, you know, on the, on the score sheet. It's still not having having Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson be two of your better players in the year 2021 is not a great playoff recipe. No. But they, they have been playing very well. So I want to give for the Hawks. So obviously we, we shouted out. Ice, Ice Trey. Trey's been great. Um, I want to shout out Clint Capella. We've Cap- talked about him before. Capella's been really nice. Capella has been so nice the whole series. He's a difference maker. Also, shout out to Bogey. Bogdan- Bogdanovich has... He's, Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's been great. He's been yep. great. Playing a good defense. He has one of the purest shots like ever he his release is so quick when he shoots the three and it just is it looks so nice i read something that he was working on that quick release three earlier this year because players were starting to guard him tighter yep and then he just apparently in like the course of a month learned how to quick trigger threes i can't wait to see what he'll do with a full off season (laughs) he's been really nice the other players have been nice too they've been less consistent yeah no one's been bad what the other players have been bad for games. They've right, been but bad like no, for one's, no one's been a negative impact player. For certain games, they have. Overall, they've, overall in the overall series, no been one's positive. been like, holy shit, they missed three thirds at the end of the game, or they did this to throw this, no. or they did whatever. So no, they've all they've all been solid yeah. overall as a whole. Um, let's go to Philly and Washington. Um, Washington, I want to shout out Rui Hachimura. 
He's he's been surprisingly nice for them. He's been nice in general, and in the playoffs, he's kind of I mean, stepped his I mean, game up a little bit. Yeah, he's still definitely their third best. Sure, and, it, and it's not close, but they needed some contribution from him just to even win one game. Yeah, and he, and he was he was big in that game. Yeah, too. he had some so, clutch shots. Yeah, so shout out. Um, yeah, for Philly, gotta shout out your boy, my boy, Matisse Thybul. I love me. I hope I hope the Hawks trade for Matisse Thybul and Jalen Brown, and then I just die happy. <laughs> Dude, Matisse Thybul has been playing ridiculous defense, like insane he's, defense. He's so good. He's basically becoming the best defender in the league pretty quickly. I hope that everyone who listens to this is just like a huge Matisse Thybul fan, and they don't even know who he is. Most NBA fans don't know who he is, and everyone is just like, "Is Matisse Thybul good?" <laughs> yes, he's yeah. he's. The feel for the game, just the way he plays defense, the feel for it. All right, I'm getting on a tangent. No, but seriously, he's he will be he will be all well. Is he gonna be all NBA defense this year? He might. I'm not sure. Probably he, not first team. I'm not sure he played enough minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. He will be. So is he going to probably be their starting three next year? He he should be starting somewhere, whether it's two, two three. or the three. I'm not sure what Danny Green's contract is off the top of my head. If Danny Green leaves, you're just like, okay, here's Matisse Thibault. Even if he stays? He might, yeah. Maybe he gets relegated to a bench role. I mean, that defense is hey. is nice. It is nice. So, shout out. Shout out to him. I mean, Embiid's been playing well. Yeah, yeah. But Simmons like, has been playing. Sure. Harris has been playing well. But as far as like, yeah, actually, shout out to Tobias Harris because he's been nice. He's been really nice. He's so. been nice. But Matisse Thibault. Just for players again who don't get as much recognition. I love it. Brooklyn me, and Boston. Um, who I don't know. Is there anybody to shout out on fucking Brooklyn? Joe Harris. I mean, everyone's doing what we expect them to do. I guess shout out to the team for showing up. You know, <laughs> shout out to Nicholas Claxton. Actually, he's been pretty nice. He has been nice off, off the bench. Yep. Like, is he a? He's not a rookie. Second year player, maybe. I don't remember what year he's in. He's a young player, young yep. big. Very young. First Brooklyn or has huge holes in, in their center rotation. DeAndre Jordan is just not playing. Not playing. Which is Blake Griffin is their starting center. And actually shot Blake it's funny how Blake Griffin like basically acts like he's never gonna be able to physically play again when he's in Detroit. He plays like absolute dog shit. It comes to Brooklyn's like, Hey baby, I'm here. Let's oh, play man. some basketball. He's throwing down dunks and every dunk just like ripples through the city of Detroit. Just like a shock wave. It's like Blake Griffin dunked. Oh my god! Yeah, he can like barely lift his legs off the chair in Detroit. <laughs> Interesting how that happens. But yeah, yeah I mean, I would say, but like as far as, but otherwise, the players that you expect to do what you expect them to do, yep, are doing so what like, you expect them to do. Shout out KD. Shout out Kyrie. Shout out James Harden. As much as that pains me to say it, James they, Harden has actually been really not, like really they, nice. They've like, really nice. They've been nice. I mean, KD's been really nice. Kyrie's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been like super nice, but he's been he's been pretty good. And James Harden has been it. way nice, and I hate oh, yeah. it. I yep. hate it. Yeah. And then Milwaukee and Miami. Um, Do we want to shout out anyone on Miami? No. Is anyone worth shouting out? No, actually nobody. Um, but shout out to Bryn Forbes. Mentioned yeah. mentioned him earlier. He fucking went bananas off the bench. Yeah. Bryn- Dante Divincenzo got injured. He's their starting shooting guard. He is out for the playoffs. Um, Bryn Forbes has been nice. Also, just to kind of echo again the Drew Holiday shit, because he's amazing. But Bryn Forbes has been nice off the bench. Yeah, Bryn Forbes is one of those signings where it's like, he's not going to get any playing time come the playoffs. He's too small. He's going to get run off the court. Yep. Yada, yada. 
Well, it turns out when you have really good defensive players at all four other positions, <laughs> you can have a flamethrower three-point shooter, you know, as your shooting guard. it works. He's been shooting really nice. And, I mean, he's been getting a lot of passes. Like, Drew Holiday's a good playmaker. Middleton's a good playmaker. Giannis, obviously, is a good playmaker. It's it's a good role for him. And, again, I just I also want to show – yeah, he had – so, in their final game against Miami, he had 22 points off the bench – that's nice. Seven for fourteen from three. Yeah. Um, but again, I do also, I do want to shout out Brooke Lopez because he's been really nice for for Milwaukee. I think he's kind of the forgotten about player because he's been an All Star in the past. I think. Oh yeah, with the Nets. Um, with the Nets. Yeah. He's a really nice big. He can shoot the three. He's got a nice game. I, I think people just kind of thought he was a one dimensional player back when he played for the Nets, and I feel like he was just kind of put in this kind of category. But he's been really nice, and he's really important to these Milwaukee teams. Like, very yep. important. And he is a little more uh, matchup dependent. Sure. Just because he's pretty slow on his feet. Yes. But when he plays, he's nice. And to have a big man who can knock down shots like he can is Yep, really shoot, nice shoot it from three. Especially with Giannis on the court when you have that deficiency. And, I mean, they also – I mean, their center rotation is him, P.J. Tucker, Bobby Portis. Giannis will play center sometimes. Giannis is easily the worst shooting big of them all. Yep. <laughs> it's well, really... PJ Tucker's really not a big, which is the funniest part. PJ Tucker's 6'5". Yeah, six. but but he but, plays yeah. center and yeah. it works. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. <laughs> Shout out PJ Tucker. Shout out to PJ Tucker. Like Why 35 not? years old, still balling. Tree trunks for legs and yep. <laughs> posts up. There you go. So, anyway... um, Looking forward to the rest of the first round. We will definitely recap the first round once it's all said and done. And then we will do... Where are we looking for time? We're over an hour. So we will just... We will save the Milwaukee and Brooklyn preview for next time. But we will preview the conference semifinals. Round two. Which will be four series. So eight teams total. And we'll, uh, we'll preview that next time. And until then, I'm Paul. Until then, I'm Matt. Oh, come on. I'm Paul. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Basketballers. Basketballers.